Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. She was tear gassed and beaten. Images of thousands desperate to escape Taliban oppression filled our news feeds. More than 80,000 Afghans made it to America. But the story didn't end there. It was very cold. There was no power, no heat. Who would help our newest neighbors? I'm Andrea Smartin. In Stranger Becomes Neighbor, you'll hear the stories of some remarkable refugees who left their homes and their dreams behind only to start over from zero. Their only possession was three blankets. And you'll meet Americans who stepped up to help them. You want me to come when you deliver your baby. What can one person do in the face of an international disaster decades in the making? That's Stranger Becomes Neighbor. Find us at kslpodcast.com, follow us on Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen. Hey, I want to give you a heads up. Just after 3 o'clock, there is a press briefing scheduled to take place at the White House, hosted by President Donald Trump. He's expected to speak with the Coronavirus Task Force, talking about all things coronavirus, I presume. Uh, He also will likely uh, face questions regarding an executive order, which he has handed down, uh, which excludes illegal aliens from the apportionment base following the 2020 census. We discussed this topic earlier, and very basically it means that the president is attempting to exercise uh, his authority uh, and excluding from the numbers that are used to uh, to, to determine how many members of the House of Representatives there are in any given state. He wants to exclude from those considerations uh, I- illegal aliens. How he attempts to do that uh, it remains uncertain, uh, but he has placed that responsibility on the shoulders of the Secretary of Commerce. And we'll see where it goes from here. That's after uh, a battle with the Supreme Court where the president was uh, dealt a, a defeat, uh, but he has come back with this counter. And so we'll see where it goes from here. And uh, that may be a topic of conversation during the press conference uh, just after 3 o'clock. What certainly will be on the agenda is the coronavirus. Uh, The coronavirus, oh my gosh, there's going to be a day someday where you and I will not have to talk about the coronavirus ad nauseum. But until that day comes, uh, it's going to be pretty front and center in all of our lives. And uh, it's important to know uh, how it's impacting us because some of the ways that it does make itself known are unexpected some have caught me uh, so surprisingly off guard in fact if you remember um, it was about 10 days ago I had a conversation with a doctor here on the program Dr. Uh, Krista Lauer she's the medical director at Lice Clinics of America yeah yeah I said Lice Clinics of America Uh, here's what she had to say that day I think the best thing is to be aware that head lice are really common. So according to the CDC, the Center for Disease Control and Prevention, between 6 and 12 million new head lice infestations happen every year between children aged 3 to 11. What she went on to describe there was that for some reason, and she attributed it to uh, the, the close quarters in which we find ourselves that the transmission of lice, oh my gosh, lice are so gross. The transmission of lice has increased dramatically <laughs> since the dawn of the corona era. <laughs> so, uh, you know, keep your eyes open for that. Uh, also, opened up my email just the other day to be reminded that mosquitoes still pose a real threat. 
Yeah, mosquitoes. And in just a moment, we'll be speaking with an expert on this. But uh, let me just point out that if you thought that if you thought that you had the world as we know it today figured out and handled, and you'd made all the appropriate accommodations and adjustments to your life uh, to, to safeguard yourself against uh, number one, a pandemic; uh, number two, economic uncertainty; uh, number three, uncertainty in the streets. You know, the protesters, that's, that's still a thing happening. Oh, and then lice. We learned about lice. And remember that there was the, the murder hornets chapter? Yeah, that was something. Hey, don't forget the earthquake. Yeah, yeah, the earthquake that nearly knocked me off my feet. <laughs> Damaged some buildings here uh, around Utah. Well, let's add to that list mosquitoes. And a reminder that as Pioneer Day approaches and you and I find ourselves maybe outside celebrating, uh, we need to remain cautious. Joining me on the line now is Hannah Rettler, an epidemiologist with the Utah Department of Health. Uh, Hannah, welcome to the program. How are you? Hi, I am well. Thanks for having me on. All right. You are, you're not just any epidemiologist. You're a, you're a special kind of epidemiologist. In fact, uh, the, the word that describes your type of uh, epidemiology is one I am unable to pronounce. Could you help me with that? It is zoonotic epidemiologist, and that essentially means I am responsible for any animal or insect-transmitted diseases. Mm. Well, what's on the plate today? What should we know about uh, today? Which, uh, which one of these plants or animals is transmitting or insects diseases to humans? So today uh, we wanted to talk about West Nile virus, and we did just put out a press release yesterday with the Pioneer Holiday coming up this weekend um, we wanted to just remind folks, like we have every year, just to be aware of mosquitoes each season because um, West Nile is something that is endemic in Utah. Um, we've had our first positive mosquito pool identified so far this season in the Uinta Basin. And um, yeah, we just wanted to get out the reminder of what people can do to protect themselves and um, just Remind, remind them that West Nile also exists, unfortunately, <laughs> while we're also in a uh, pandemic. <laughs> <laughs> to, to, to define for me, what's a, what's a mosquito pool? That does not sound like something I want to stumble into. Oh, so a mosquito pool is tip, it's a, a body of water where there might be mosquitoes that are living and laying their eggs. So um, one of the things that we recommend as preventative measures are if people do have um, bodies of water, if they have puddles or if they have bird baths or if they have fish pools outside, those kinds of bodies of water um, are areas where mosquitoes would like to make their home and lay their eggs. Um, and so we actually have a really robust surveillance program that in, in uh, collaboration with the state and the local health department and these mosquito abatement districts all over the state, we monitor um, all different types of bodies of water and pools of water. Um, to check for how many mosquitoes do we have, and are those mosquitoes carrying West Nile? You, in that release you mentioned earlier, you point out that West Nile can cause serious illness for those uh, older individuals. So as we have uh, a high-risk category in the coronavirus world, there's also a high-risk category in the West Nile virus world. There is. So thankfully, West Nile, about 70 to 80 percent of people become infected, don't develop any symptoms. Um, but in the U.S., about one in every 150 who are infected would develop severe illness. And the people who are at most risk are over the age of 50 and 
for people who have medical conditions like cancer, diabetes, hypertension, kidney disease, um, and even those who have received organ transplants are at mm. a higher risk. Um, and those more severe forms of the virus um, will sometimes affect the central nervous system. So it's either presenting as encephalitis, which is inflammation of the brain, or meningitis, which is inflammation of the membranes that surround the brain and spinal cord. Um, and kind of just for, for context of how many cases we see last year, we saw about 21 cases and two, two individuals did pass away from it. Um, last year was a fairly high year. So over the last 10 years, we're averaging about 10 to 12 a year. So last year was a little bit higher. Um, but that is, that's uh, why we like to remind people what they can do to protect themselves and just be aware um, that this is something that exists in Utah. Zoonotic, is that, is that how I pronounce it? Correct, zoonotic, yes. We're speaking with Hannah Rettler, zoonotic epidemiologist with the Utah Department of Health. Uh, mosquitoes are a real threat. They carry West Nile uh, virus. There are certainly precautions that you and I can take. We've been you know, battling mosquitoes for a long time, so we know about uh, you know, bug spray and all that. But, uh, Hannah, is there anything, are there any uh, precautions that we can take that maybe aren't so uh, common, commonly known? Yeah, so, I mean, like you mentioned, um, we do recommend mosquito repellent. The best way to protect yourself is to try to avoid being outdoors during the peak activity hours, and they're usually biting around sunrise and sunset, um, but those are great times to be outside, so we recognize mm-hmm. that a lot of people want to be outside. Um, and when you are outdoors, especially during those peak times, we recommend long-sleeve shirts, long pants, and socks. But again, it's hot, and we understand that a lot of people want to be outside, so the level of protection you can take personally is um, we recommend a use of a CDC or EPA-approved mosquito repellent, and they actually have a great link on their website that you can look for what kind of repellent is best for you, um, depending on your needs. Um, So they've got a great list of of what, what is recommended, and the other prevention measures, I mean, so we at the state, and like I said, we partner with, with um, mm. partners all over the state, but this can be an individual thing that everybody in the state helps with. And what you can do is, is being aware of, are there sources of stagnant water around your home? Um, if you have screens and doors that could use some repair that are maybe letting bugs into your home, that's something you can do to protect your house. Um, And if you do have bodies of stagnant water, you can work with your local mosquito abatement district. They've got a great website that you can reach out to them, and they can help with um, personal mosquito abatement around your home. Outstanding. Uh, Hannah Rettler, zoonotic epidemiologist with Utah Department of Health. Thank you so much for your time. Great. Thanks for having me. All righty. Uh, yeah, I, so I, I bring up this topic just because I don't want you to, to ever uh, rest easy, okay? I want you to be constantly on edge. If you've gotten comfortable with coronavirus, here, have a mosquito. If you've gotten comfortable with the economic uncertainty, here, have a mosquito. <laughs> oh, I hate mosquitoes! Uh, anyway, so I'm going to get off this, uh, this, this rant here. Uh, mosquitoes, uh, bad. Uh, bug repellent. Good. Quick break. When we come back, we're going to have a look at something taking place in the Canyon School District. There is a a disagreement in the data right now. Uh, The district has released findings of a survey uh, claiming that 98% of its teachers have expressed the intent to return, and yet the 
Canyons Education Association, the union representing teachers, they say that uh, actually it's about 60% of our teachers are uncomfortable returning. We'll look at the nuance in those two uh, comparisons next on Live Mike. I'm Lee Lonsberry, and this is KSL News Radio.